um, yeah, if that's what we, I will go over with people in the flirt coaching is if you know how to read, really read your partners, whether it's your business partner or your life partners or potential life partners, you know how to read what lights them up, what doesn't, then you can go with that. Mm. And you can choose better partners. <laughs> hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups and uh, seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you never ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com and grab some time with us to chat. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, Cedriana Saldana, I think, if as close <laughs> as I can get to it. Um, so just a brief introduction. Cedriana um, what is from, uh, from Austin, Texas, went to school at University of Texas, got a bachelor's in social work and did social work for about five years um, before moving to LA to do acting and uh, met someone there, um, had a kid, uh, took uh, or took her out of acting and then went back to social work for a bit of time, didn't like it, too many restrictions, not enough money, moved back to Texas to do something else. Um, and then uh, uh, in 2011, founded the air of being a business coach and uh, gave some uh, air, air coaching on that. And then uh, took some coaching classes, took a break from that for a period of time, came back to it. And that will kind of lead up to where she's at today, where she's the, the self-proclaimed flirting coach. So with that much as an introduction, welcome on to the podcast. Woo! Bravo. <laughs> you took so some gave, good notes. <laughs> that's right. So I gave kind of a, a quick walkthrough of your journey and kind of, you know, um, the high level overview, but why don't you take us uh, back in time a bit to, uh, um, growing up in Austin and going to the university in Texas and how your journey started there. Ooh, back in time. I like that. <clears throat> but I'm more excited about the future. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, you know, having a child really, really um, made me realize how much time is so valuable, free and freedom. <laughs> Um, so I did have a job for a, a year and a half throughout my son's childhood and he's now 11 and because I had to drop him off and leave him for eight, nine hours of the day, I was like, that's not fun. <laughs> I want to be the one having fun with him. And, um, so that kind of like really motivated me to check out what being in business for yourself was all about. <laughs> And um, before we dive into that, and we'll definitely get to that up part of the journey, why don't you take us back a little bit when your journey originally started? Because I think you started out in social work, right? Oh, well, yeah, yeah I, I do have a degree in social work from UT. <clears throat> so I've always been curious about how to strengthen communities and help people. And now with the coaching, I totally see how that's such a good fit because it's all about transforming people and um just like you can't tickle yourself <laughs> mm. my coach is always telling me you can't tickle yourself so <laughs> but not in that accent but yes you can't you just it doesn't tickle you you have to have somebody there that's giving you feedback or seeing what lights you up 
um, guiding you, mentoring you, um, loving on you, appreciating you, all those good things. And then that's when we can start to see more of ourselves <clears throat> through that kind of interaction. So yes, I, I do have a social work background and um, that's and why- you did that, I think for about, after you got your degree and you did it for about five years, if I remember when we chatted. Yes, so about five you, years, not long. You did, that, you did that for five years. And then what made you decide to switch gears or to leave social work, so to speak, and go to LA and uh, get into acting? Was it kind of just the, the dream that you always had? or an opportunity or just wanted to change or kind of what made you decide to well, uh, do that so, part of your journey? Yeah, <clears throat> through the program, you know, back then I wasn't in this free agent entrepreneurship program um, at, at Sage University, but now that I've been taking classes for years and will continue to take them because it's studying business and human dynamics and communication and coaching and salesmanship it's that's what they specialize in, and there's no way I can ever get enough of practice and learning and unlearning of, of in those topics so what what they say which makes total sense like here I am I got a degree in social work but then I'm going to do acting you know as you can tell I'm very animated I love to entertain love love it if I can raise somebody's energy or vibe make them laugh so here I have a social work degree. I worked at a, as a case manager for a year and a half. And then on the other hand, I was wanting to go to LA and off I went. <laughs> and that's because our brains, they need two, at least two projects, one for the creative side and the other one for the logical side, right? So mm -hmm. the, the professional job was satisfied that side, but the other part of me, the one, the part that is, probably a little bit dominant of wanting to have fun and just be playful well I listened to that part <laughs> mm. and so that's why I went to LA just to explore acting I loved it ever since I was a little kid and that's another big clue guys and gals is what you loved to do as a little kid is a big piece of your puzzle or some of the things and one of the things that I loved was just making my brother and sister be in shows and perform with me for my family. <laughs> hmm. So I loved acting and, um, and it still was there and it still is there. And now I get to, and what we learn in business is that we have to act, we have to put on different characters, especially if we have as a free agent entrepreneur, you have multiple projects, not just one, sometimes not just two, but I know, my partners have a hundred projects going on and mm. I'm about to add a third big one. And I think I'm capping it at that because <laughs> I mean, because they're just all three of them are just to me, just huge things to do and, and huge projects. And um, so that's kind of why yeah. I. So you, no, and I think I get that in the sense, you know, there, and I, I do agree. There's kind of that, that tag and forth. A lot of people, if you have a creative side and you want a creative outlet, you also have kind of more of a logical and kind of, you know, just a mm -hmm. more operational side. And so to have that balance of and, and that mixture yeah. definitely makes life a lot more enjoyable. And so, you know, you started out in the social work, which was more of the operational, and then you moved out to LA to do acting. Now, did you ever get any acting or gigs? Did you ever, or how did that go? And I think at some point you had, you know, you had a kid in the middle of that. So yeah. kind of how did that phase of the journey go as you're trying to get into acting? 
Oh, yeah. So I, I only really pursued it for two and a half years out there. And then after that, that's when I got pregnant and I got a professional social work job as a case manager in Compton and Watts. So that was kind of cool to explore those areas because, you know, they, they're kind of famous <laughs> in a way. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that was an adventure. And so, yeah, I only really pursued it for two and a half years. But in those two and a half years, I did visit every major set as an extra. <laughs> I, I did a lot of extra work just to be able to get on the sets and and see how things were done. It was so much fun. And um, I did, you know, I did a couple of things like I was um, a double for that movie Red Eye, where I got to work with Wes Craven. That was fun, you know, so there are some, some, some bigger things sprinkled in there. And, and, but now with, with the whole business, and what we're learning is just like, business is going all towards celebration, and um, entertainment and mm. recreation, like how how we can have fun with others, because as you know, AI is going to take over millions and millions of jobs. <laughs> I mean, even yesterday at the airport, for the first time, I had a robot arm take my coffee order and serve it the way I wanted it, and you know, put it in a vending machine. And I was like, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, there you go. <laughs> so yes, it's all. So like I said, the biz- business is putting on different caps, putting on different characters. So I have the director of my nonprofit. I just started with a partner of Austin Family Housing. I'm the director of that. I have all the vision for it. And so, I'm going to. Before we dive in, we'll absolutely dive into where you're at today. But just uh, maybe just uh, back on that journey just a bit more and uh, and staying with the doing the acting so you did acting for about two and a half years you had the kid now what what made you decide to move back to to texas because i think that you did that oh yes i love how you're so curious about the acting and you pre- you keep bringing it back there yes so i had the baby and um my family was here in texas and in austin and i just felt like you know i want to move back and it's more I guess you could say family friendly, family oriented, oriented here in Austin and more affordable. That was, of course, 11 years ago. And since then, it's gone up. But still, right now, you Austin has the hottest market in the nation. And so many people from California are moving here. I mean, in groves. But, you know, back 11, 12 years ago, I moved back with a baby and, um, yeah, just uh, family was here and every, I mean, people love Austin. Mm. And so I just decided to kind of um, this be my stable place. <laughs> family really helps a lot when it comes to raising a baby. <laughs> no, definitely understand. It's, it's a great support system as you're, as you're raising a family to have family around you. So now as you're moving back to Texas, you know, how did you decide what did you want to do next? Did you, go back into social working. I think you got into business coaching, but kind of how did you say, okay, tried acting for a bit of time, did a whole bunch of extras. Now I'm back into Texas, raising a kid. Now I'm trying to decide what to do with the next phase of life. Yeah. How did you, what did you kind of land on? Well, I landed on my first business coach. So <clears throat> I 
had a business coach in 2011, my first one ever, um, business slash life slash communication, all those three major areas of life. So she was able to really help me see myself more and like put together the Cedriana puzzle because everybody has their own puzzle and there's so many pieces and each piece is so intricate um so one of the pieces is acting one of the pieces is social work other piece this that this that and you kind of just this program is is very unique it's the only one in the whole wide world that really sees who you are doesn't give advice um opinions about what you oh yeah I think you should do this no all we do or all they do is give feedback and so now fast forward to all this coaching and classes um um, I'm just a good flirt. So, <laughs> so that's, that's why I, I decided it along with, I have an, a team of flirt coaches. We we're, there's a team of three of us right now. And we, we started a YouTube channel to put fun scenarios out there. It's two got two women and one guy. And, um, so we're all coaches. And then we, we started this YouTube channel to just kind of share of how, how people are, let's say, not lighting each other up <laughs> when it comes to either dating or being in a relationship. Um, so my mentor gave me that feedback that I'm just super playful and flirty. And this would be a good route to go in as far as in the coaching avenue because in coaching in the realm of coaching you can have business coach life coach communication coach you know all these different categories you can have and I kind of just picked that one because that was the one that fit me the the best you know is especially now with all the tech and the guys I mean and gals in tech where they're just so used to just sitting in front of a computer and doing their work or in front of their phones texting it's it's a really there's a need out there for social and conversational skills <laughs> that we're losing and have lost some you know, you know? yeah and one one question <laughs> on that because I definitely get you know especially if you're getting into a lot more social media a lot less face or you know face-to-face interactions and that's only been exacerbated by COVID and you have other you know drawbacks you know I went to I went into engineering had a you know had a lot of uh, classmates that they were incredibly smart and yet they lack social skills. So I get from the people needing to have that, you know, almost that coaching or that training or that experience as to how to interact better with people definitely makes sense. But now how do you go about actually building a business around that? Because there's a difference between recognizing that, you know, that people may need those skills versus going out and actually saying, hey, you lack social skills. Let me help you to, to or learn how to, do, to communicate with people and to flirt or to be able to make connections and establish relationships. Seems like it's a bit of a jump because either one, you'll end up insulting people because they think they're a good communicator, or how, you know, even if they're not, or two, they're not going to say that it's a big enough problem to solve. So how do you kind of overcome that hurdle or kind of establish a business to where people will be hiring you? As a yeah, well, good, good question, because of course, I've already heard from guys, <laughs> oh, I know how to get a woman if I want one, you know, so basically what we're looking for is that one in a hundred or maybe two in a hundred of people who are going to be curious and open, just like my, myself, I was curious and open to, to have this session with this coach of like, what more, 
could there be for me, you know? So that's the main thing is we're just looking for the curious ones and it's not going to be the majority, you know? And so we just keep that in mind. Then we also give feedback like, oh, how would you like, it's, it's like uh, playing music. You know, you can, I played the flute. You can play one note or two notes, but what if you really knew how to play so many more notes and really explore what other kind of music you could make, right? So it's just more, it's just looking for the people who are curious and open and know that, hey, maybe I could learn something or unlearn <laughs> and from this person, just like I can learn something from you. You could learn something from me. I mean, everybody has their, their things that they're good at. So you might as well, um, if you're curious, check it out, right? We always offer sample sessions so they can get a flavor a taste of what it's about but i mean gosh <laughs> now, it seems now, like and, and just that remind me so when did you kind of establish that as a business or you know the flirting coach and helping people establish your or establish your business <laughs> communicate about how long ago was that well i just this year decided that i would like to call myself a flirt coach after going on six, seven years of these coaching classes, you know, I thought, well, it's about time. <laughs> it's about time to put all this training into use. And, but it's just, for me, calling myself a life coach wasn't lighting me up. I don't know why, mm -hmm. um, but flirt coach, now that lights me up. And so it was, that was a huge piece. So finding that piece of just like, oh, well, let's just label you something else that fits more of your personality so that when I go and I'm interacting with people and I say, I'm a flirt coach, it lights me up so much to just try to call myself like something, a title that I just wasn't lighting up for, for whatever reason. I don't even want to try to understand why I wasn't lighting up on that, you know, title, but that's, that was a, one of the main things. So yeah. and then with the flirt coaching team that I have, that I work with, um, what we could also do, and we haven't, we started the YouTube channel, but we want to also start getting into calling tech companies and offering our social and conversational skills training for maybe they'd like to hire us as a team to come in and whether coming in in person or on zoom, where we could offer this fun training to their employees so there's that avenue that we can go on with the team um mm -hmm. no it's a, and it sounds like you know things of uh, as you kind of found the you know there's a lot of live coaches out there there's a lot of people that are trying to break into coaching and to find your niche and kind of where you can distinguish yourself and how you can make the biggest impact is, is kind of where over a period of time you finally be able to kind of hone in on that so that sounds like it's an exciting place to be so kind of with that in mind, as we've now kind of walked through a bit of your journey, how you got to where you're at, to, where you're at today, what you're doing a bit today, I always have two questions at the end of each podcast that we'll jump to uh, now. So the first question I always ask is, along your journey, what was your worst business decision and what did you learn from it? Oh, yeah, those questions. <laughs> the worst business decision? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, there are no worst business decisions because it's all about trying things 
um, falling down, lifting yourself up. Okay, that didn't work. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that person. You know. What was the decision where you fell down and had to lift yourself back up? In other words, because I, I would, I, you know, I would argue slightly in the sense that if you go out and you spend, let's say, you had a hundred million dollars and you went out and spent a hundred million dollars, lost every <laughs> penny, you may learn a good thing. You probably still wouldn't go make the same decision that you lost a hundred million dollars if you could do it over again. So there's still things that, while you have an ability to learn from, are still things that if you could do over again or you could do it differently, you probably would. So that's kind of how I define it: is what is something that you did fall down from that you had to that you did pick yourself up from and learn from um gosh like i said i really am of the mindset that everything happens the way it's meant to happen i mean like you know everything no matter how hard it, it is to go through so i don't even i can't even answer that that I mean, of course, everybody has their stories and their tough times in life that they've gone through, like <clears throat> heartaches or um, financial aches. But it's all—I don't know. I just—I don't feel like mm, there's an answer to that question. <laughs> For I'll, me. I'll try one last time. We'll see if we can elicit an answer. <laughs> what is a time where it's been a difficult business time that you had to, that you learned something from? Yeah, I mean, of course, uh, as entrepreneurs, it's not easy. Of course, it's not easy to, um, you know, but it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And I, you know, there's been as a single mom, you know, I've been single mom for 11 years. Um, there's been so many times throughout the years of this process that I would go and I would slide my credit card and it would get declined. <laughs> Mm. but oh well there's not enough money in the account for that today <laughs> I mean so yeah there's those times but still look how much is lighting me up <laughs> and you know why because no matter what it's all about the freedom for me about that freedom of being able to do what you want to do how you earn money how you want to earn money um, who you want to work with or play with as we we like to say. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, of course, there's all those, there's those times, but you know, that's just part of what entrepreneurship is. Right. And then I'll give that a, give that a half answer. I, I still don't know that we ever actually got a full answer there, but we'll give <laughs> at least a, a half attempt. So well, at least it's making you smile. <laughs> So now I'll give the second or second question I asked, and this one I think you should be able to answer, but we'll give it a try, which is if you're talking to someone that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Oh, gosh, learn how to read your partners, because that's one thing I I will focus on in a flirt in flirt coaching, and I'm kind of I don't know if you can see, I'm a little distracted. I have a cat that's uh, clawing the back of my chair. So if a cat pops up over here, you'll know why. <laughs> but um, yeah, if, if that's what we, I will go over with people in the flirt coaching is if you know how to read, really read your partners, whether it's your business partner or your life partners or potential life partners, you know how to read what lights them up, what doesn't, then you can go with that hmm. and you can choose better partners. <laughs> so it's all about just uh, 
um, cutting people from the team <laughs> while you're recruiting. Like you're just looking for your, your team player, whether it's in business or in life and not to get too attached to what, even if this person looks like the perfect one, but if you really know how to read that potential partner and you know how to see if this is, if they're going to be good collaborators, then um, you can either cut them or recruit them. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, and I think that there is, you know, I think there's a difference. A lot of people think that, you know, I, I very seldom you ever meet someone that says I'm not good at reading people. I think everybody thinks that they're good at reading people now. In reality, I think some people may be good at reading people. And a lot of people are terrible at reading people. And there's even been some interesting studies to, to how often people are misread people. So I think that there is that talent that's, and that skill. And if you can learn to develop it and learn how to both understand where people at, have empathy, read them, make sure that you, you know that you can communicate well with them, that they're on the same page, that you can address their concerns. All of those can definitely make you, a, you know, a stronger and better business person. So definitely agree with that piece of advice. Well, as people, if they want to, as we wrap up the podcast, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a client, they want to be a customer, they want to or, or have you as their floor coach, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor in your business, if you're looking for investors, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, if, um, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, or find out more? Oh, yes. Well, thank you. Yeah, I like that. If friends to partners to investors, I mean, to, yes, uh, I guess my phone number, do you, do you want me to just say it out loud? Okay. However it's, you want, however you want them to connect up with you. Uh, 512-917-3957. All right. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out, make that, uh, make that connection and see on any, any or all of the above um, or, or how, or how you guys can engage and, uh, and explore things. So, now with thank that, you. thank you again for uh, coming on the podcast. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure. Now for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com. Glad to be on the show. A few <laughs> more things as uh, listeners. One, make sure to click subscribe in your podcast player so you know when all of our awesome episodes come out. And do leave us a review so everyone else can find out about all of our awesome episodes. And last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else, feel free to reach out. Just go to strategymeeting.com grab some time with us to to chat. Well, thank you again for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Oh, thank you, Devin.